0: Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean Jacques Taylor, were two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. what up dog i would be the non-sexy one it's matt mclaren and this is jam session the podcast version 361 asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled
1: if not entertained
0: we got a lot to get into a lot of little things to throw out there the ncaa tournament with the final four of course about to be solidified the texas rangers open the regular season this upcoming week a lot of little stories the mavs suck and look like they're going to miss the playoffs it's it's We're gonna have some fun on this one, and we'll start it off as we always do by telling you about Robert Greening, Greening Law, the Green Team over there. Again, you guys know my story by now. If you've been listening to the podcast, I was injured in a car wreck coming up almost two years ago, and my first call that very next Monday. I mean, obviously that happened on on a Saturday night. I go to the hospital. I'm in the emergency room. Sunday, I can barely move. Monday morning, my first call is to Robert Greening. I tell him what happens. They ask me a few questions because it's a free consultation. They bring me on as a client and they went to bat for me, man, against these insurance companies. And if you find yourself in that situation, I vouch and I recommend that you give Greening Law a call. And the
1: reason why you want to do that is, as Matt can tell you, as he's told you, this thing can be long. It can be tedious. It can be a little intimidating, even for, for people who aren't typically intimidated. That's why you want somebody riding with you. That's why you want, I call it bully protection. You know, you want somebody when that other insurance company steps to you, you just say, hey, homie, come take care of this. That's what Green and Law do for you. So that's why we say if anything happens to you, just pick up the phone, give them a call, tell them your situation. And as we like to say, hope like heck they bring you on
0: as a client, because if they do, Matt will tell you, you just sit back, relax and let them do all the heavy lifting. That's exactly right, man. And again, it's a free consultation. If you think you have a case. Give them a call and find out. You got nothing to lose, so call them now at 972-934-8900, 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices Dallas, Texas. So let's start with, you know what, let's just start with the NCAA tournament today. There's not a lot going on with the Cowboys right now. We've kind of covered everything happening in the world of the NFL. It's actually been kind of quiet for a couple of days. As far as things in the NFL goes, they're in that lull right now of free agency and all that. And you have these pro days and then you get geared up for the draft coming up next month. This is the first time. I mean, March Madness, everybody fills out a bracket. I filled out a bracket. My bracket is completely shot. I have no chance of doing anything. And you saw over the weekend, now Jacques and I are recording this on Sunday afternoon. So we haven't seen Miami, Texas or Creighton, San Diego State yet. But we do know Florida Atlantic, the nine seed, is in the Final Four. UConn, a four seed who is dominant and absolutely destroyed Gonzaga, is in the Final Four. Texas has a chance to make the Final Four for the first time since 2003. And Creighton, San Diego State, and Miami are looking for their first ever trips to the Final Four. This could be, it, it's, it's so just incomprehensible, some of the teams that are going to play in the Final Four. And it's the first time in the history of seeding they went to seeding 44 years ago. It's the first time that a one seed did not make the Elite Eight.
1: So let me ask you something, bro. Did the uh, – and I'm, I'm just curious because uh, you follow college basketball a heck of a lot more than me. I don't follow it until the tournament. Um, although the tournament has been so interesting, maybe I'll pick it up a little bit sooner next year. Um, how much of the seeding is the seeding committee still stuck on the blue bloods and not really recognizing that the mid-majors and the group of five teams – can really play. And what I mean is maybe some of these other conferences that get one team in while the Big Ten gets eight, maybe they should be getting three and the Big Ten should be getting five.
0: Yeah, it it is. And and part of that is because of the system that they use now with the net rankings that replaced RPI a few years back. It's the power conferences are looked at as a higher quality. So your schedule in the mid-majors it's harder to put together a better schedule because the the power conferences, like say, let's just use Ohio state as an example. Like if you're Ohio state, you're going to play your big 10 schedule. You want to schedule other tough schools in the non-conference schedule of your, which is usually about a third of your schedule is non-conference. And then two thirds is conference. And that's what makes it like a school, like a UAB, for example, who's in the final four of the NIT UAB is a good basketball team, but from their conference, Conference USA only one team was going to get in and that was Florida Atlantic who won the conference is a very good basketball team but you could have made a case that a team like a North Texas or a UAB deserved an opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament but metric wise they don't have it because they don't have the opportunity to play some of those better teams like an Ohio State or what have you from the Big Ten would have
1: yeah but we know how that goes yeah you can only come play us if you come play us at our place because we're never coming to your place and you can only take so many of those games on anyway just to give yourself a chance to get 20 wins. I mean, it's, you know.
0: And it, it's, it's tough, too, because, like, a lot of these schools, they do those weird invitational, like, early season tournaments that are all over the place, you know. And that's when you get these crazy early season matchups. But mid majors don't get invited to those because no. those are made for television events. They don't They want Duke and North Carolina to play earlier in the year or whatever. They don't want to see, oh, UAB is playing Duke. Uh, tune in and watch here in November. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because ain't nobody gonna tune in and watch.
0: Exactly. So it is weird. I mean, Florida Atlantic's a really, really good basketball team. They're 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 up there in the metric. So is Creighton. You know, San Diego State who beat Alabama. I was talking about this on the show on Friday. I didn't know if San Diego State would be able to defend the length of Alabama on the perimeter, and they sure as hell did. And that was the thing about Alabama. They were blowing teams out because when they hit threes, you they're almost unstoppable. Well, if they don't hit their threes, then all of a sudden the game is much closer and San Diego State was able to hang with Alabama. I mean, my God, I haven't seen that's like if you go and watch that San Diego State team play, at least the Alabama game, if you're a basketball coach in high school or youth, just go to tell your kids to watch them play defense. I mean, that is the most disciplined defensive performance I might have seen maybe ever. I mean, the way they shut down Alabama and are so committed to, to defense, it, it, it was it was wild, man. Well, there's a
1: reason why Brandon Miller went three for 19 from the field. Yeah. yeah and one of 10 on three. I mean, he'd been killing everybody, man. That was a bad analogy. Wow. He's been destroying everybody on the, on the, uh, on the court. And so, for I, matter of fact, when they lost, I didn't watch the game. I went and checked out the box score. And the first thing I saw was, well, my God, three for 19. Yeah. I was go. I see why they lost.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things, like, with Alabama, they've had nights before. Like, when they played Houston earlier this season, he didn't score in the first half, and, and I think ended up with, like, nine points or whatever in that game. But the rest of the team was doing enough, and, I mean, credit to San Diego State on Friday night. They shut down not only Brandon Miller. they No one else for Alabama could get going. Nobody did anything. I mean, they shut them down defensively.
1: You know, I talked a little bit about it last week, Doug. When you talk about these teams you know you normally these mid-major teams or these group of five conference teams you know they have veteran teams because their guys aren't going to the nba they're playing with seniors or at least you know fourth year juniors maybe they had a guy red shirt or something like that so they've got some cohesion they've got some experience they don't get rattled but the other thing is man i was really talking about it as it related to 16 seeds winning or 15 yeah. seeds winning but when you look at these other teams they've seen more than enough examples Of teams like them going deep into the tournament that if your if your power five team no matter who it is doesn't show up with a healthy amount of respect for this team that you ain't really never paid attention to and maybe never heard of by the time you figure out that they can really play sometimes it can be too
0: late yeah yeah that's very true and it's it, the NCAA tournament is such an interesting example because I mean, and Bama fans were all over this on Friday, you know, Oh, it, because Brandon Miller came out afterward and said, we're still the best team in the country. And, and I had retweeted that clip and I said, well, you're not. And, and you know, Bama fans lost their minds on that and all this. And, and I just thought to me in the NBA, because a couple of people are like the NBA, you know, they play seven game series. So the best team wins. It's like, not necessarily the NBA, the talent is very, very close. And what's interesting about the NCAA tournament is, And why I do believe, I mean, if Florida Atlantic wins the national title as a nine seed, I think they're the best team in the country. And I say that because it's extremely difficult to do what these teams do, where you're flying to three different locations on three different weekends. You're playing completely different teams that a lot of the times play a certain style that you never see in your conference, for instance. And then, great example, Florida Atlantic. Now, they they would have had advanced scouts or whatever, their assistant coaches trying their best to catch up on, on possible opponents but you don't know who you're going to play until 48 hours before the game in the elite eight. And, right. and you don't have a lot of real true prep time like you do in a seven game series. You'd be like, Oh, they do this. Let's adjust this. And let's do that. I mean, they're doing, if you, if you can go six and zero in the NCAA tournament and go through that, you are the best team in the country to me. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I believe that. I think you, I think you'd be the hottest team, but I think it's one of those things where if you play 10 times, who was that? What is that? Butler that won it at the buzzer the other year? I don't know.
0: if. That oh, was they, the they lost at the buzzer. They had a three-point shot that hit the rim at the buzzer that would yeah. have won.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I get your point. But I think, you know, one single-game elimination tournament, the best team doesn't always win. Because we've seen plenty of teams with, you know, UNLV, the team, the year that they had the great team, we were like, how could they lose? They were the best team. But, I mean, I get your point. But, uh I could see how somebody could say, well, no, they are still the best team. They just happen to lose. But uh, the bottom line is they did happen to lose. And so they can have this argument because they lost.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and again, people oh, well, they had an off night. I'm like, I, I understand that. But you also have to credit, like, San Diego State or, or an FAU. They didn't have an off night. I mean, I they're not credit. supposed to win. And they've been able to do it for four times in a row now to get to the Final Four or whatever the case may be. And, and that's the thing of... Well, you know, they're really the better team. They probably are. I mean, again, seven-game series, Alabama probably beat San Diego State four games to two. Four games to one. Who knows? I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But reality of it being, it's— That's not how it worked out. Right. And and part of, I think, of the difficulty of this tournament is, to win it, you can't have an off-night. Because if you do, we see what happens. You lose. And then you go, well, man, we were better. Well, the other team didn't have the off-night that you had, which is why they're the champion.
1: No, that now that I can I can get down with one hundred percent. I mean that is the beauty of the tournament. Yeah, is that you know you can be Villanova and shoot eighty percent from the field one night and win and win the tournament, knowing that you'll never shoot eighty percent from the field again. Uh, That's why you can have guys who can have moments in the tournament, and you never hear from them again because they had a moment. They had a run. Uh, Now that being said, are we gonna hear from the K State guard anymore? Is he a junior? Is he a senior?
0: I don't know man but that dude is something else i had 19 assists the other night in that game against michigan state i think he
1: like i need to look at, need to look him up some more but i think he played himself into the nba because there's only you can't be to be that short you have to be a dominant player to even have a th- yeah. thought at the nba but i think he was so dominant as a scorer and as a penetrator a creator and a passer and we've seen other guys do it, whether it's Mugsy Bogues, whether it was Spud Webb, you know, it's a few other guys like that. That I think he'll get a shot now because he was so dynamic. You have to say, well, let's just let's just run him, let's just see what he can do because yeah. he's he's earned that. Now I don't know what we're gonna do with him on defense, but let's let's see if we can find a spot for him because he got some special some specialness about him at the college level.
0: Yeah, Marquise Noel is his name, and he has been in – this is his fifth year in college basketball. He played at Little Rock, Arkansas for three years, transferred to K-State, so he's done. He's 23 years old and is 5'8". But yeah, he was yeah. – that game against Michigan State was something else, man. I mean um,
1: – Now, you know who else – this is interesting because I really hadn't paid any attention to college basketball. So I had to go look up Jerome Tang like, I like this dude. Yeah. This dude's got something about him. I like I'd go play for him at K State, and I don't even want to be in Manhattan, Kansas. For you know, if I'm going to play, I'm so good, I probably won't be there a year or two. But uh, I, I, I love his vibe, man. And then uh, you see what he did after the game. No, what and went over? Went over to the uh, FAU locker room and said, uh, "Hey, you're the toughest group that we've played all year. Don't get distracted, and there's no reason why y'all can't go win it all."
0: Yeah, very nice, man. I mean, they're. this is going to be interesting because you look at the teams that are left and again who knows maybe Miami does beat Texas and, and we shall see because Miami has a very good offense but the reality of it is the two teams metrically that are left that are the best are Connecticut and Texas and then Creighton also is just inside the number and if you'll remember going into the tournament I was like you know pick these teams this is what you look for uconn texas and creighton all those three teams currently remaining as we record this are all inside the top 22 in both offensive and defensive efficiency which 19 of the last 20 champions have been so the best money would probably be on one of those three teams but again i mean this has been a wonky tournament connecticut looks unstoppable man i mean they have just been dominant they destroyed gonzaga on saturday night
1: like, I don't even have to know anything else to know that. I mean, Gonzaga is the kind of team that doesn't get destroyed. Yeah, you can beat them. Maybe you beat them handily, you know, by 12, 14 points. They don't get beat by 30. No. And so uh, I, I went and did a deep dive on UConn kind of to figure out, okay, what they got going on that they won by 30, and they won every game by 15. And then I came across from Dan Hurley, who's like, we play elite defense, we're good on offense. And he said something else about, And then whatever mistakes we have, we have a seven foot two eraser that makes up for it. And if you haven't played us before, we'll cause you some problems just because we take a minute to get used to. And I go, oh, there's a man who has a firm grip on who his team is. Yeah, man.
0: I mean, they are number three offense in the country. Number 12 defense. I mean, they are a very, very good team. Right now, just based on everybody, it it feels like UConn and if Texas can get past Miami, which will be easier said than done, Miami's playing really good basketball right now. And I mean, this whole thing with Rodney Terry, we talked about it last time, is, is just wild. He's got him to the Elite Eight. They're a win away from Rodney Terry taking this team to the Final Four for the first time in 20 years that Shaka Smart could never do, you know, Rick... Rick Barnes did it one time and then failed and failed and failed. I mean, Texas is notorious for not getting out of the first week, and this dude's got him on the cusp of a Final Four is wild.
1: Dude, it's, uh, you know, the thing about Rodney Terry is, as you say, we discussed should you hire him or is that an emotional hire because he's had an opportunity at, uh, you know, Fresno State and UTEP and, and yeah. didn't, come, didn't really get it done at either spot. Um, but, you know, shoot, man sometimes you learn lessons at your first two spots that allow you to to, to take advantage of your next opportunity and um if he gets to the final four I'm not, I'm not really sure how you don't hire him um and the question is always okay if you don't want to hire him that's cool who is it that you want you know what i'm saying yeah and, yeah. and i don't know who's going to do a better job than he's had right now
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because you look at it and the last time that an interim coach, which Rodney Terry technically is, the last time that an interim coach took a school to the final four was Steve Fisher back in 89 with the Michigan team that won the national championship that year. And then obviously Fisher stayed at Michigan. They hired him full time for a few seasons. And he was there when the Fab Five failed back to back years in the early 90s and ended up going to consecutive title games, made another elite eight appearance. So I think at this point if you're Texas I think you have to I think you have to give Rodney Terry a shot and and see what happens and and hope that maybe he can catch something and it just works for whatever reason like when Steve Fisher got the gig in Michigan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh he seems to be pushing all the right buttons. They're playing great. There's been I mean, he's basically coached them all season. Um navigated through that uh, terrible incident with Chris Beard. And uh, didn't seem to miss the proverbial step. So it seems to me like he's done everything you'd want him to do to show that he deserves the job. I mean, this ain't no hand-me-down. This ain't no no gratitude. This is like, a, I, I had an opportunity
0: that came to me. I took advantage of that thing. Now give me my prize. Yeah. yeah, man. So a wild tournament because no matter what happens, one of these three teams is guaranteed to play for the national title next Monday night. And that is either Florida Atlantic, Creighton or San Diego State. One of those three teams will be in the national title game, which is just unbelievable.
1: Creighton, Florida Cre-
0: Atlantic. Or San Diego State. <laughs>
1: that is wild, isn't
0: it, bro? Yes, it is. It is. What, I mean, that's, is, it's wild. Yes, I don't, I, it's incredible. It it
1: is it any wilder? Now that we think about it, is it is any wilder than when Butler was good, you know, because at one point we were like, how in the hell is Butler playing for a national champion? Yeah. How did Butler get to the Elite Eight? Or Gonzaga before they became, oh, this is what they do on a regular basis. So maybe this is the start of a run for one of those clubs. Here's the difference will be. Whatever coach, any of these coaches now, this kind of would be gone to another team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we're having problems with our program. Let's go hire you now. And the key will be when that, when those guys leave, can they replace them with a similar coach so that so that their profile remains the same?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that was you know and that's the, what Gonzaga did. The, yeah, and when Brad Stevens was there, I mean Butler, those back to back national championship games where that one where the it was against Duke, where God, who was that? Was it was it uh, Hayward? Wasn't that like a kid's yeah. name, Gordon Hayward, that took that shot and it just rimmed out like a deep three that would have yeah, won it? Yeah, an
1: Addy. I, I think so. I think so, but I'm
0: not sure. And then the next year they go back to the uh, championship game when they were, I believe, an eight seed. Yeah, they, they yeah. were the eight seed, and they made that run. That was the year VCU made the Final Four because they got to play VCU in the Final Four and knocked them out and then lost to UConn.
1: Um, yeah, but see, Butler had, like, Thad Mata and Brad Stevens, and then they had my guy who's at Ohio State now, and then I think they missed on the guy who— after Ohio State got their coach, they missed on the next guy. And now they've kind of, to me, I think they've kind of faded a little bit. And they're just a normal, pretty good team as opposed to what they were.
0: Yeah, they haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2018.
1: Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. They missed on the guy after we got Chris Holt. After we got him, they missed on the next coach. Yeah. And what happened? They, they reverted back to just being. What they know, were, yeah. Yeah, what they were before Thad Modic showed up and built them up and, and so on and so forth.
0: You yeah. know, speaking of Ohio State. Yeah, baby. I mean, this is, and again, I don't know how many times we talk women's college basketball here on the show, but... Never. This is insane because UConn, the Connecticut women, as everybody knows, the most dominant sports entity probably ever, they had been to 16 straight Elite Eights, 14 straight Final Fours, until this weekend when they were upset and stunned and those streaks come to an end as the Lady Buckeyes take down the UConn women.
1: Now, you know, here's what's interesting. I just had a talk with a woman last week at Colorado about Ohio State women's basketball. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, it was. What happened was I passed her office and whoever Ohio State was playing last week at home was on the TV and she was in her office. And I said, you got skin in the game or you just a women's basketball fan? And she said, "Uh, oh, I'm really just kind of women's basketball fan." I said, "Okay," because I'm looking at. I said, "Because I'm a Buckeye," and I said, "These Buckeye women have confounded me." Now Matt's about to go. You really know something about the Buckeye women? Okay. Yes, I was like, "Do tell." <laughs> <laughs> they confounded me. I know more about the Buckeye women than I do about the Buckeye men. Weird. Because the Buckeye women, at one point, were like 13 and 0 and number three in the country. And they were getting a lot of, uh, lot of attention. And then they went on a stretch where they lost like seven out of 13 games. But here's the deal. It's not so much that they lost because the Big Ten's got a pretty good women's basketball conference. It's not that they lost. I bet you they got beat by 20 in four or five of those losses and by 30 in a couple of them. And I was like, how can you go from being undefeated and being ranked number three to getting blowed, yeah, blowed out on a regular basis? I didn't have the answer for that so yeah. that's why i was looking at them. and so when they looked when they played uconn yesterday i checked my ipad and they were down eight to two and i go huh well this is not a promising
0: start <laughs> nope
1: and then i didn't pay any more attention to it i was doing whatever i was doing yesterday and so i checked back i said oh what, what happened with the uh, with the women how that thing ended up and i looked i said oh my god not only did they win they kind of blew them out and so yeah there's my ohio state women's story
0: Yeah, man. And so Ohio State women, the elite eight for the first time in 30 years, and they trying to get to the final four for the first time since 1993. So but that thing with the UConn women, they have not now they have not won a national title since 2016.
1: That, I mean, that's like not winning. That's like UCLA not winning one after they won 10 yeah. straight. In, now, to in, be fair, yeah. they've
0: played in, in a couple of title games since then, have lost in the title game, but they have not. I mean, for a program that was as dumb, it's like Tennessee women. You know, when Pat Summit was there, we all knew, man, Tennessee women, they win every year. And then they right. haven't been that. And then UConn, I always wondered, like, at what point does the UConn women's program lose its ability to just roll out titles? And apparently that has happened. So.
1: Yeah, well, the competition's better, and they're not playing with the best player in the country. Uh, Paige, what is Paige's last name? I couldn't tell you. It starts with a B, but she's by far the best player in she the, in the country. She played for South Carolina. No, she plays for uh, UConn. She okay. tore her uh, she tore ACL, I think, uh, this year. But she was like, I don't know, she's like, she's from Minnesota. She's the best player in the country. Okay, uh, little guard. Uh, but anyway, she's out. She's missed almost all year. Uh, if they had her, they'd probably be in the Final Four competing for a uh, championship. But right now, South Carolina, with Don Staley as the coach, is the best team in the country. They're defending champs, they just crush yes. everybody. Yeah. And they had Gino whining about the physicality in which they played uh, when they beat him a couple weeks ago. And uh, Don Staley had a great quote that I'll paraphrase, which was like, When y'all beat us, I just took my ass kicking. I didn't sit there and whine about how, how you were this or you were that. I just decided we had to go get better. Maybe y'all should do the same.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'm paraphrasing, but that was kind of the gist yeah. of what she said, and I loved it. By the way, did you know that the women's final four this year is in Dallas? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Come on. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Now, I mean, I knew
1: because um, – a couple people asked me to do something if okay, I wanted to I do something you, yeah. with it or if I had you know there's some stuff some opportunities for the JJT media group as it related to that um but they didn't kind of fit right so I didn't I didn't I didn't follow through on them Yeah it's so coming yes. up
0: this up this upcoming weekend the final four for the women in Dallas right there at American Airlines Center
1: Yeah but I wouldn't mind because um you know I I actually don't at the top level i don't mind i I, i'm not gonna sit here and say i I go out and search for it but i don't mind women's basketball at the elite level just like i don't mind men's college basketball at the elite level i'm not watching random games of each but at the uh at the tournament time i'll watch some women's basketball especially when you get the better teams together yeah Although you know they're still not they still don't have the depth of great teams but they've got enough good ones that
0: you get some quality matchups So there you go. There's your women's basketball update for the season. That's a hell of a lot more than y'all envisioned. (laughs) (laughs) There's no doubt about that, man. (laughs) But we got a lot of other stuff to get into. And before we continue along, Freeway Tire Shop, of course, right there, just north of downtown Dallas, where Jacques takes all his vehicles, where you should be taking your vehicles. And again, because everybody needs a mechanic, and, and we talk about this all the time, it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, I need new tires or I need some serious work done. We all need inspections. We all need rotations. We all need oil changes. You got to do those things at some point throughout the course of the year. And it's nice to know that you don't have to think about it. That's why JR and Freeway Tire Shop, they'll get you taken care of. I mean, maybe you do need tires or something more serious, but they're also elite. And the customer service is great if you're just going in for a simple oil change.
1: Dude, you know, (laughs) I was driving past there yesterday, man, running some errands. I was on the highway. I just happened to look past it as I was passing Commonwealth all the bays were open and they were busy reminded me like an anthill man how everybody's doing something when when you uh, when you step on an anthill and everybody starts scurrying about that's what it reminded me of yesterday because you see everybody work scurrying about at freeway tire i mean that's kind of a weird image but that's what it struck me as but with freeway tire man the thing about them is you trust them you trust them to diagnose what's wrong with my car I trust them to use quality parts to fix what's wrong with my car. I trust them to give me a fair and honest price. And then I trust them to stand behind their work. And I keep telling y'all, real talk now, let's keep it 100. If your mechanic is not doing all four of those things, you got to go to JR. You got to go right up the street, right up 35 North, get off at Commonwealth. It's five minutes from downtown. Go through the light. Look on the right. There he is. Pull in and say, yo, the fella from Giant Section sent me. Take care of my brother. Take care of my sister. Let's go, and uh, y'all can send us a thank you card later.
0: There you go. Easy enough. Freeway Tire Shop, man. Check them out. Also, of course, HFX Foundation Solutions as they continue to support us and and you guys again with Aaron and his crew. The foundation, as we tell you, always be looking for the signs: the sticking doors, the cracks in the walls and the ceiling, and your pavement and all that type of stuff. They also handle all your drainage issues, your gutter installations. You don't want to mess around with foundation, especially in Texas with the way the soil is. And that's why HFX Foundation Solutions is around. They'll help you guys out. They'll, they offer a free, no obligation inspection. So again, if you notice some of those signs and you think you might have a problem, just give HFX and Aaron, give them a call, have them come out and check out your and, and see. Maybe you have some, maybe you don't. I don't know. That's why they're the experts and they'll get you taken care of.
1: That, my friends, is why we call it a colonoscopy for the crib. That's right. That's right. right colonoscopy for your crib okay real talk why does anybody ever go get that thing have a camera shoved up your butt here's why to see what's going on in the inside things that none of us can see hey why does your house have some cameras and other stuff shoved up it's proverbial but see make sure everything's going on good on the inside of the crib that's what hfx does that's what they specialize in make sure everything is good so you don't have to worry about it, man You got peace of mind So give Aaron a call Y'all know the number by now 817-770-0174 Call him up Say, Aaron, hey I need a call and ask me for my crib, bro Got you Taking care of him. Done Now come check it out And if they find something If they find something They probably, probably will find it early on And we all know The sooner you find something The better, the cheaper it is to fix And then you're on to having that peace of mind That we talked about
0: Easy enough, man. 817-770-0174. Online at hfxfoundation.com. Dude. Yes. I got to
1: tell you something funny I saw on Twitter. All right. Oh, man. I got to find it. I thought I had it saved, but I found it. But it's funny because, you know, sometimes, occasionally, I will take a pot shot. Occasionally. At somebody who works... And uh, let's just call it who it is, Mike Fisher, <laughs> uh, who's done a lot of cowboy stuff over the years. Well, dude, I was scrolling through Twitter and this guy named uh, KD Drummond, who does uh, some stuff. For, he's the managing editor of the Cowboys Wire. OK, yeah. Dude, <laughs> he's on Fisher put out some story today and I don't read Mike Fisher's work at all. So I just saw the headline that he pushed it up. Matter of fact, I don't even follow Mike Fisher. Somebody retweeted it, and it ended up in my timeline. But then KD retweeted it and said, why would you copy my work? Why are you copying my work and trying to take credit and get clicks off the work I did, and then you didn't even steal it properly? Wow! <laughs> and all I could think of, I, I retweeted it, man. And when I retweeted it, I was being messy today. When I retweeted it, um, all i said was that uh dude you know most people say he's been doing this for years dog i was like he's been doing this for decades man (laughs) yeah that's amazing (laughs) and so you know somebody sent me something the other day that said he, he had started something called whispers from the star and i'm just like that's i couldn't even get mad man i'm just like that's who he is that's who he's always been he hadn't changed at all so you can't even you can't even get mad about it it's just what it is oh i'm sorry man i find it here he goes it's laid out pretty simply i don't know why you're looking to get clicks off my work and you've badly misrepresented what was said your followers can get the actual intel here (laughs) (laughs) and then that's that's when i put out haha he's been doing this for decades amazing because he has man uh, you know, my pro- I never had a problem with him. I used to just look at him from afar. And then he had a radio show on some station many, many, many years ago. And because he couldn't come up with his own content, he would, like, take your story that you wrote in the paper and go through it line by line and say why it was a bad story. And I'm just like, who does that, man? And then uh, I remember when we got our radio show, when I had one, and then when you joined, it, yeah. was, just, it was like... I create my own content, so why wouldn't I talk about my content on the radio? I wouldn't spend time ripping somebody else's content. It just it just did, never made sense to me. That's impressive. But, uh, that's more than enough time spent on a dude like that. So,
0: <laughs> but
1: it, it, I'm sorry, man, but it, it made me laugh. And so I, I just had to that's tell awesome. you because
0: only you would understand. Yeah, no, I get you. I, I definitely understand. <laughs> oh, you got to love him. You know, the other thing, you sent me this article this morning, and I'm guessing this was the front page of the Sunday edition of the Dallas Morning News. Yeah, bro. Holy it was, crap. It was two stories. I mean, I sent them both, but it was two stories. I mean, I read that story going down the rabbit hole. Apparently, they recently busted a fentanyl you. ring that is believed to be potentially the largest fentanyl ring in the entire country that was involved throughout a variety of different places in the Dallas suburbs, including a stash house in Plano, and even like had its tentacles all the way out into Rockwall where my mom and dad live. I mean, that's this was all over the place. And it all happened because they busted a house in Carrollton and the people who were doing the drugs and whatnot had left their ledgers and police found all this information and were able to kind of just follow the trail to the path to all these dealers in this massive ring that at the end of it, is fronted and run by the Sonola cartel out of Mexico. Which is one of, like, I mean... That I didn't make you a little nervous. Yes, much respect to you guys. Just please, I'm just reading a new story.
1: <laughs> yeah, got much respect for your work okay. over the years. Don't mind me. Yeah,
0: I don't know. But, man, this story, it is so in-depth and so just full of... I mean, I, it, it's... It's crazy, It's which is one of those things, because I I don't know really anything about fentanyl, and then the article is explains right that it's oh. it's 50 to 100 times more potent than like a normal opioid would be.
1: Dude, they said that the tip of a pencil yeah. is enough to kill you. If you take, think about it now. Think about a pencil lead, even though nobody uses pencils anymore. Yeah, The tip of that has enough fentanyl in it to kill you. And my only thing is, Who would mess
0: around with that? That's what I'm wondering. I I just, like, and see, this is the thing about a lot of hard drugs. Like, heroin was this way, black tar heroin and stuff that was real big when I was in high school and early in college. It killed a lot of people in Plano back in the, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. And I always just wondered, I, I thought, when you know this, and you know that, I mean, anybody who, it's not like your friend offers you a drug, and you're like, oh, what does this do? And they go, hey, man, just take it. It'll be awesome. And you have no knowledge of what it is surely and maybe that's why it happens i don't know but i mean if if you i'm pretty sure like the education and and the way that you hear about fentanyl about how deadly it is i just don't know like what is the initial curiosity of oh man i want to do that well yeah but it could kill you really easily oh it's it'll be fine that's the whole thing i don't get it like that
1: is truly 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 a russian roulette drug like maybe you
0: take it maybe you wake up maybe you don't um you know, heroin. Meth is like that. Like, like, like. what is it? I mean, we all have seen meth. And, we, and we've all seen these pictures of people on meth and TV shows. And you're like, golly, I, dude, look how methed out they are. Like, what in the world would prompt you to even want to try it?
1: Okay, I, can, I see why. I, like, I, I can intellectually figure out why people would want to try it. Because I had this thought about crack. Like, I wouldn't mind trying it to see like what is this euphoric high that's so good that people waste their lives away trying to recapture it but you can't do that because it it might be it might be exactly what they say and you know I saw this last I think it was two weeks ago last week uh, again I saw it on Twitter and there's a picture it was a it was a 30 second clip and it said here was a woman now she was clearly kind of agitated but here was a woman um on drugs okay and then they said here she is on crack four months later and dude she was really almost not recognizable yeah and then they go here she is on crack you know first one was like maybe the first one was three months and the second one was six months and at six months she literally was not recognizable she looked nothing like the person from six months ago she probably you know she was a uh when she started she was probably i don't know probably about 150 pounds she was probably down to about probably 90 or so amazing it was i mean it was it was like i've seen a bunch of stuff but that was like wow amazing. so yeah so like i don't know who wants to try fentanyl
0: yeah i don't i mean i, I just it, it's so bizarre and this this article i mean it is it is amazing the depth of the drug ring for fentanyl that, that was very prominent and vibrant all throughout the DFW area. And, and like I said, in many of the suburbs, apparently, like even one of these guys in this drug ring was selling fentanyl to kids at, at Rockwall High School, where I went to high school. I'm like, what are we doing? Why? What is this? Like, I get it. Weed and stuff. Okay, I get it. You know, I understand that. But that's been one of those things okay. that's been around for years that you pretty much have heard people talking about your entire but, lifetime. Check like, this out. Man. It also comes from the earth. Yes. Like Anything no, that comes from the earth
1: can only be so bad because it comes... It's natural. I mean, it can be bad, but it can only be so bad. Uh, it's when you start making it in labs and, and transforming it into something that's chemically based that you can really find yourself in trouble, I think.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing, man. It it, it really, really is. But what a... a just a wild-ass story.
1: Uh, the thing that struck me was... They did the raid and what they say they found like 16 spiral notebooks yeah and something else that basically led them to all these other people and they said normally the dealers or the the people destroy the, the books after you know after a month yeah uh, so that you know you never get more than a, than 30 days worth of information and then how about the part where they go Uh, somebody owed a drug debt. He had already been kidnapped, so they waited till after this woman dropped her kids off at Bishop Lynch High School and shot her in the head.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, point blank, after they assassinated her husband or whatever because her husband owed all that money. So they went after her and him. I mean, that's like the thing. Like, you don't want to mess with this, man. You just don't want to be anywhere near this. No, bro. Nope, 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 nope. mean, anyway, I knew that's the
1: kind of story you would like, so I sent you to you.
0: No, I enjoyed it. it. It I went down the rabbit hole on that. So Oh, cuz see I sent it to you late, but I knew you would I knew if you yeah. saw it and looked at it, you'd be like I was like, "Holy wow. crap, man. Like this is insane." And I get, I understand. I mean, it's funny because I don't know what it is. I guess growing up around Dallas, like I'm aware of how large the city is. It's one of the the like DFW, as everybody knows, is one of the largest metropolitan areas in the entire country. Top 5, top 4 metropolitan area. There's seven and a half, eight million people in North Texas. But it's like when you grow up somewhere, you know that there's really, really bad things that happen and all that in major cities, of course. It's just just wild when you, I think things like this are wild when you're like, damn, I grew up in Rockwall and there's a massive drug house out there that's connected to the cartel that goes through this massive, you know, it's just, it's a wild thing, man. You just never know, I guess, at the end of the day. You just never know. It's
1: a lot of life going on around you,
0: bro. It is, exactly.
1: (laughs) You have to respect it.
0: So a couple of other things to get into, and, and we'll just do briefly with the Mavs, because you talk about massive disappointment. They're two games under 500, and as we record this podcast, they are currently playing in Charlotte. It is the end of the first quarter, and they are down by 14. At the end of the first quarter. Wow. Down by 14 points. Now, are they going to come back? Will they turn this around? I, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I have no idea. But this thing, they are me, legitimately me, going to miss the play. They are very, very, I mean, I,
1: they're no, going to miss, gonna miss playoffs. the playoffs. They're going to miss the playoffs, and here's why, bro. They've quit. Um, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, they've quit emotionally. And I think Luka Doncic uh, plays a big role in it because if you, well, he plays a big role in it. Yes, he's a tremendous talent and all that. But um, I told you the other day, man, when they're whining at the level that they were whining about a third quarter call against Golden State, that call did not cost you the game. Uh, Especially when you came back and had to lead three different times. That's an excuse. You're looking for some reason to not hold yourselves accountable for the shitty performance that you had. And so somewhere along the way, man, Um, Jason Kidd lost the team Luca um, has been distracted now um, you know people say people were quick to say well he's talking about his mental health I don't know that he's got a mental health issue Um, I think people tend to use that and here's what I mean if you're mad at your mama because she's she's trying to take over your money and and you're fighting with her about your likeness even if you win that thing If you got a dispute with your mama, who's your really the only parent that you mess with? Well, yeah, that can be. That's not a mental health issue. That's a one of life's big ass distractions that you have to figure out how to work through, and not everybody can figure out how to work through that. Yeah. Um, And so I think he may have. When he talks about stuff that's not basketball, I just don't assume he's got depression and he's got anxiety and all of this. I just think he's got a lot of moving parts as a twenty-four-year-old. And now the person that he spent his life trusting has betrayed him in some way, shape, or form. And that can be devastating in and of itself because now who's your confidant? Because it ain't your daddy because he ain't never really been there. Your mama been your confidant. Your mama been the person that you leaned on. Your mama been the person that you relied on. Now you're fighting with her about what? Money. And so you, that can mess you up, but that doesn't really have anything to do with mental health. But check this out, man. I had a long talk with my favorite coach, Deion Sanders, the other day uh and in the midst of it we were talking about focus and and I was like well well how do you do it because you you act like it's no big deal he says well I was just built that way I can always prioritize what's the most important thing to me and focus on that at that moment and he says because everybody in life is going through something somebody's getting sick somebody's arguing with someone somebody there's something you know you just lost a million dollars in a deal I mean everybody has got something but at that particular moment you got to be able to focus on what's important at the here and the now you got to live in a moment I go but dog everybody can't do that he says I know that's what separates people <laughs> yeah. uh because he can't and you know I, I never think it's fair to say well you should get over it well everybody ain't built like that bro just like everybody's not built to be a champion um you know i'm gonna take this in another direction for you matt i had an interesting conversation the other day uh with i think it was three of us and one of them walked into this conversation i was having with the other guy and he said can you be the greatest in the world at something and not just be like a complete asshole and he said whether it's michael jordan kobe bryant Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, whatever. Can you be like the elite of the elite at whatever it is that you do and not just be a total asshole? Yeah. And I go, I'm not really sure you can because all those people that you name, Bill Gates, all of them, they're just kind of wired differently than everybody else, which is why they're able to achieve the things that they achieve. And they can kind of have single-minded focus Um, where they can ignore everything else or they can push and pull people to another level. And you're either going to reach this level with me or I got to get rid of you. And it's not, you know, it ain't even personal to me. That's just what it is.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. You're so driven and you're so focused. And sometimes the perception outside of you is that you're an asshole when really you don't even realize that you're doing that because you're so focused and so driven where somebody else might slow down or stop and and be like, oh, I'm sorry, like what's going on over here? And you're just going right past them. And it's not even necessarily that you are an asshole. It's just that's the perception of you because you don't notice your periphery because you have tunnel vision lasered into focus to be that elite.
1: Yeah. And so if we, if we take it back to the Mavericks, you know, that to me is where Luca now has to take his game. His game is no longer on the court. We know you can score triple-double whenever you want to. We know you can average 30 points a game. We know you can get 17 assists whenever you feel like it. It's now about can you be a true leader? The best player does not make you a leader. Like I always thought it was stupid that every quarterback is a captain. Yeah. No, it, you know, because you know, look at Carson Wentz. He should have never been a captain. The best – and, you know, again, I, I, I embark on Dion because he actually embodied this – And I thought it was genius, which is one of his best players, one of the best players on on, um, Jackson State football team last year was never a captain. Although he was tremendous, he had tremendous respect within the team and the team. If he said jump, the team would say how high, but he was never a captain. And finally, before the last game, Dion brought him to the front of the team and said, you know, we're going to do something we've never done for a player. We're going to put a D on your chest because you're a dog. And he said, every leader is not a dog and every dog is not a leader. And so, you know, a few days later, I said, what the hell does that mean? I had an idea, but I wanted to hear what he thought. He said, it's really every leader is not a killer. Every leader is not out there going to do whatever it takes to win, however it takes to win and be that guy. Just like every dog. He said, if you got a dog, you got a great player but the great player is emotionally unstable. The great player can lead you to greatness or that player can lead you to failure, depending on what, how he woke up this morning. Because <laughs> he could bring everybody down yeah. with those same emotions if if, if you as a lead, if you as the coach anoint him as a leader. Because now you said, we need to follow this guy. Well, what if he follows you off to the edge of the world? Yeah, that's very true, so, man. So what I'm saying is, we know Luke is a dog. We know that. But is he a leader? And that's the question that the Mavericks got to figure out.
0: That's a very good, you're exactly right. It's, I don't know that they know that, and it's hard because he's obviously the best player, but he's still so young, and and you do see that because of his frustrations on the court that seem to affect the entire team. Man, and they're just in such a funk right now, and if Charlotte beats him today, this thing's done, man. They're just done. I mean, Charlotte's one of the worst four teams in the NBA.
1: To me, they were, I thought they were done when they lost to Golden State because of the way they whined. Yeah. When they lost the other day, I knew they were done. Um, and, it's, and I really, I know it from the result. But when Jason Kidd says, well, you know, we talked about it before the game, that we're playing for the playoffs, an opportunity to play for a championship. Like, that was him trying to say, yo, Here's the team we're supposed to beat. Let's go out there and get it. We just need to get into the tournament with Luca and Kyrie and see what happens. And their response to that speech was to come out, give up 37 points in the first quarter, and be down 21 in the third quarter. And so what I mean is they're no longer, they've tuned him out. Uh, He has no impact on them. And so now, again, if you lose to the Hornets again today, bro, yeah, the season's over, and they got to figure out what to do like, has Jason Kidd lost him so that he can't regain him because this has been a free fall, and you can't say that it's just the players. Coach, got to, when, when, you, when you fall like this, everything's got to be examined and figure out what is the issue and how do we fix it because this is, uh, this is one of the worst collapses we've seen.
0: Yeah, man, they've, they've got some serious issues that they're going to have to really have some hard conversations in the offseason about, I think. We'll see, but right now, I mean that's where they're at and it's colossally colossally disappointing for a team that made a run to the conference finals last year if you don't even make the playoffs and you wind up in the NBA draft lottery stunningly disappointing. Stunningly disappointing. But they can still turn it around. I just don't think they will.
1: Yeah, they got to they, they got to win today. I don't I don't you know, you win, you lose twice to the worst team and one of the worst teams in the league, uh, you're not going to do anything. So,
0: Well, the good news is Kyrie and Luka are both playing. So maybe, maybe they can figure this thing out and go on a run and close out the season. Who the hell knows? Amazing. Yeah. The we'll other see. thing to look forward to, though. Yes. The Texas Rangers open the season on Thursday. How about that? That's right, man. Rangers baseball is back. They will open the season on Thursday afternoon. I think it's a three o five first 1st pitch against the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's always weird like this at the beginning of the baseball season. I've never, I don't know why they do this. They play Thursday, then they're off Friday, and then they play again on Saturday. And they have, they're on national television, they're on Fox on Saturday afternoon, and Sunday night, they are the Sunday night baseball game against the Phillies on Sunday night on ESPN. Which is awesome.
1: Um... Let's see if
0: they can get off to a good start, man. Man, they need to. Most did you did you see that thing that Evan Grant put out? Well, yeah, you did because you sent it to me. So that whole idea where they haven't had a winning April since 2016 and in the five years since then, they are 54-77, and 77, the fifth worst winning percentage in the month of April in all of baseball.
1: Well, that's what I mean. Not only do they not have a winning percentage, they usually start so slow that the feel-good of spring training is gone by the end of April. And, uh, you know, they need their best players, the guys they spent the money on, to just show up and play, dog. Like, they spent all that money last year on, on Seaman and Segura. And uh, I was like, I don't care what their numbers said at the end of the year, they had bad seasons. Um, because when it mattered early, when they could have done something to change the team's momentum or give them some hope or whatever, they were both average or bad. Uh, you know, Simeon was, what, hitting 180 or something like that, under 200 in May yeah. or headed into June. I mean, dude, that just kills you. So it doesn't matter whatever you ended up at and have you ended, it doesn't matter because you sucked when the season was lost. So they need the pitching staff to do what it does. They need the guys that they paid the big money to be the best players. And if that happens, then they'll end April in the hunt with a chance to, uh, you know, do some damage.
0: Yeah, that's the hope, man. And, and they play nine of their first 12 at home. They have nine games in April against poor teams with Kansas City and Cincinnati. So we'll see. It, 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 this is going to be really interesting. You know, I was reading about Corey Seager is since the shift has been banned this year. Now, keep that in mind. You can't do the shift anymore that if it had been banned last year, he would have had 29 more hits and would have finished with a 294 batting average because he is a notorious hitting into the shift guy. So the fact that they've banned that, there's a really good chance and opportunity for him to put up a line that's closer to a batting average of around 300, which would be great for the Rangers. You know, Marcus Simeon, who is obviously and has been reportedly a a slow starter in his career, was god-awful last year, obviously, but we'll see. This all is going to come back to, and we will follow along this year, the pitching on this team, man yes sir somehow some way they they're healthy knock on wood they're healthy right now you got Jacob deGrom who looked absolutely Cy Young level dominant in spring training Nathan Nivaldi, Andrew Heaney John Gray Martin Perez is their number five starter this season what's interesting about this is in the spring that rotation had a 2.03 ERA a four to one strikeout to walk ratio and a one point one three WHIP. I mean, that's dominant. i was gonna say sounds like a like a positive to me. Now you got to stay healthy. And again, mm. as we know, those three names in front of that rotation have all struggled with their health, especially Degrom. But man, it, you're talking about a two time Cy Young Award winner who has finished in the top ten of Cy Young voting six times. And I thought this mm. was interesting because I was reading a different article that Evan had posted. Degrom's career era is 2.52 how many ranger starters have posted an era under 2.52 in any of the last 20 years none i was gonna say it could be more than one and only three only three posted an era under under three and that was you darvish cj wow. wilson and kyle gibson that's it only only three ranger starters have had a season era under three and DeGrom's career ERA is
1: 2.52.
0: Mm. I'm excited about this team, man. I mean, you think about this. Two years ago, Dane Dunning was the number two starter on the team, and this year he's, what, seven, eight. if that? I mean, they've got pitching, and again, they need the health. I'm very cautiously optimistic about this team. It's going to be fun. Think. I think it's going to be fun early. It's, man, he just hoped that, like, if they get hot and they come out of April like you're talking about, Is the health gonna last? Because they've got a shot, man. I mean, if if, if this pitching staff is healthy, they can win the damn thing.
1: Okay, see how you took that leap, man. If
0: if they're healthy, I mean, Jacob Degrom's (laughs) the best pitcher in Major League Baseball if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, I ain't gonna believe he's healthy till he's healthy. See, and that's the thing. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I just you know his. I mean, it's like Tyron Smith going, "Hey, if Tyron Smith plays 17 games this year, they got Super Bowl bound." Well, you know, what are you guys in playing 17 games? If Jacob DeGrom, let me see, in normal time starters give you 30 starts. If he can give you 21, how about that? If he get 21 starts, I like the way the season's going.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, you look around, again, like we said with Seeger and Simeon, hopefully being year two here, maybe they won't feel the pressure of having just signed, you know, the rushed offseason and all that stuff last year. The no shift for Seeger. Josh Young is healthy, ready to be the day one third baseman. We'll see. It's, you know, Bubba Thompson, who's probably going to be your opening day center fielder because Tavares is most likely not going to be ready this week. There's reasons for optimism. Now, that being said, and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, you know, what, what's realistic? And I saw where Evan Grant, the Rangers beat writer for forever, has predicted him to win 86 games well 86 and 76 got the second wild card last year with Tampa who was 86 and 76 but what's wild about that is I mean that is an 18 game jump because they went 68 94 last year you know can they win 18 to 20 more games what goes back to what you were talking about if DeGrom and the staff can make their starts and stay healthy I do think they can and I think mid-80s is doable now that being said if DeGrom and this staff have the injury problems that they normally have. This thing, you're talking about another disaster season. <laughs> and that would suck. That would suck because I mean we all heard it. Chris Young, we heard the managers when they, when they brought in Bruce Bochy. I mean, the expectation, they put it out there in public space. The expectation is that this franchise goes to the postseason this year.
1: Okay. I mean, if that's the expectation, they spent the money,
0: they got the rotation i uh, see if they can go make it do what it do. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm excited about it. I mean, the East is going to be tough. Houston's obviously going to be tough. Seattle's going to be very good this year. I don't know that you're worried as much about the Angels or the A's, but there's there's a spot for Texas to do some things here, I think. I don't think Houston's winning 106 games this year. I don't think they're a 100-win team this year.
1: Well, part of the reason they did this because they, they, they got a bunch of them off the Rangers. Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean?
0: Yeah, and so, that's the thing, man. I mean, it, it, it's... They do play Houston. They got three games in Houston in mid-April coming up. And, you know, Evan points that out in his kind of schedule breakdown. The Rangers, since 2019, are 5-29 and 29 in Minute Maid Park. So maybe reverse that, like you're talking about, and stop getting your ass kicked by the Houstons every year, by the yeah, Astros. You
1: know, even if you're 500 there, it's a big deal.
0: But, yeah, man, we'll see. It's... It's baseball season. I'm ready for it. I'm going to sign up for the MLB TV thing so I can watch opening day because I want to watch some of these these early games. We'll see.
1: All right. Then uh, then what are you doing? you going with Bally's, $20 a month?
0: No, I'm just going to... It's whatever the MLB TV package is that you can get. I, I think I'm just going to sign up for the month of April and then cancel it. And we'll see where they're at after that. All
1: right. How does it... I'm unfamiliar. How does MLB TV work?
0: Well, since I'm out of market... It's just one of those, I think, oh. I think you pay like 20 bucks or whatever it is if you want, and you can get a month at a time, and then I can watch, since I'm out of market, it's not blacked out for me or anything like that, so it's just, I think it's basically, I can go through, I think I can go through Amazon Prime and do it, and it just adds it like as an app to my TV, I think. Yeah. I got to look into it a little bit. I, I was looking at it the other day, but I didn't want to pay for it, because then you're just watching spring training games. I was like, I don't care about this right, right. now. I'm ready I mean, for the I'm, season, man.
1: I feel you, is it?
0: But man, I'm I'm looking forward to this version of the Texas Rangers because it has been it's been a while, my friends. It it's it's we haven't seen good baseball in Texas in some time. It has been a while. And I I mean, when they're good, it's fun. And they haven't been good since gosh, man, I guess what, twenty sixteen when they when they made the playoffs for the last time? It's been a while. What is that, seven, six, seven years now? Yeah. Is that
1: up in Toronto?
0: Yeah, let's not talk about that, but yes but yeah 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 that was uh-huh. it yeah i was just looking at it. they won 95 games that year got swept by toronto in the alds and then since then 78 67 78 the 22 and 38 COVID year in the last two seasons 60 and 68 wins Woo. we'll see but rangers baseball is here kids thursday first pitch first place texas rangers at least for <laughs> now
1: yeah there you go.
0: There it's you exciting. Go. Early early season baseball is exciting because it's such a long season that as long as you don't colossally suck the first couple of weeks, you can still have hope. And that's kind of been the problem the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like we were talking about a minute ago. I mean, you get out of you know, you look at it like last year. I was just looking at it. Last year they started the season one and four and were two and nine. 11 games in and you knew it was over you're done i mean like just be help go 500 be five and six and i'm good you know just don't be two and nine where you know the season is done for two weeks Mm. into it and then i'm sitting there trying to figure out how to cancel the thing that i got and april's not even over yet (laughs) all right yeah that was a fun one today i hope everybody enjoyed our women's basketball conversation as much as we did Hell yeah. Because I don't know when you're going to get another one. Unless Ohio State women win the Natty, we'll have to swing back by and revisit it. <laughs> you going to go get a Natty t shirt if they win? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends on how much it costs. Will you go to the games in Dallas? I mean, it's in Dallas. So if they make the Final Four, will you try to go watch the Lady Buckeyes?
1: If I get hooked up, I ain't paying for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I I have a feeling you could find a way to get a hookup to get in there to, to see the Buckeyes play might, for a national championship. I might get hooked up, yeah. Yeah, you might could do that. All right, guys, appreciate y'all very much. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast, of course. You can also find us on Twitter at McMattRadio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas.